Why do you want to fight? This is the fight game with Demond Cotton. Hello, hello, and welcome to another exciting edition of the fight game on twelve thirty. The game. I am your host, Demond Cotton, and I say it each and every week that there is so much to talk about in the world of combat sports. First off, I want to say RIP, give my condolences to the Briscoe family, to the wrestling community. ROH legend Jay Briscoe passed away this week. I mean, Jay Briscoe, the Briscoes, that tag team, one of the best tag teams in the world, I will say, of this century of modern wrestling, really getting their shine this past year with all of the great matches that they had with FTR, regaining those tag team championships, those Ring of Honor tag team championships. And I also saw that AEW did a Ring of Honor tribute show to Jay Briscoe following Wednesday's Dynamite. So that's also something that's good to see. Maybe that can heal some of those wrestlers. Hey, a nice tribute show for Jay Briscoe. I mean, so... First off, before we go any further on the show, I just want to say RIP to Jay Briscoe. Now, UFC 283 is going to be taking place this Saturday in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and we're, we're going to get into it. We got so much to talk about, to be honest, Can I, and I'm excited about this. The lineup that we have on today's show, let me tell you, let me tell you, I'm going to be an infomercial guy here once I tell you this lineup. Because wait, there's more. The main event, Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill. We've got them both on the show. Yes, both guys that are going to be fighting for the UFC Light Heavyweight Championship going to be joining us here on the fight game today. Glover Teixeira and Jamal Hill. But wait, there's more. World to wait contender. Gilbert Burns, fighting in his home country of Brazil, is going to be joining the show. And I, 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 you know, I don't, ducking is too strong of a word, but people are definitely tiptoeing around Gilbert Burns in one, at that 170 division. There are a lot of people that, yeah, it would take a lot of stones to say you're going to fight Gilbert Burns in the welterweight division. Also, but wait, there's more. Terrence McKinney, up and comer in the lightweight division at 155 in the UFC, going to be joining us here on the fight game today. And we're going to close out the show with Anthony Smith, UFC light heavyweight contender. And what I love about Anthony Smith, obviously he's an active fighter. Was supposed to be fighting Jamal Hill until Dana White was so upset by the main event at UFC 282 that he says, hey, main event at 283 is going to be Clover and Jamal. And Anthony Smith is out of a fight. But Anthony Smith, he fights and he still wears that analyst hat. You can check him out sometimes on Fight Nation on Sirius XM. And he does a great job hosting shows over there as well. So it's going to be good to break down this car with him. Maybe see who he favors in the main event. How he thinks he would match up with either guy. What do you think is going to be next for him? You know, because it's got to be a bummer where you lose your fight, not due to injury as Glover lost his, you know, his title shot with Yuri. Just, hey, man, the UFC just decided that the guy you were supposed to be fighting, and we're going to put him in. We're just going to give him another fight, and now you're hung out to dry. So it's going to be good to talk about, talk to Anthony Smith a little bit later in today's show. 
But before we get into UFC 283 that's going to be taking place this Saturday in Rio de Janeiro, let's talk about maybe the biggest story in all of combat sports, and that's Francis Ngannou, as he is now officially gone from the UFC. See some reports out there that they say, hey, he was released from his contract with the UFC. Uh, it's not really so much that he was released. It's just sometimes the contract comes to an end. The UFC and Francis Ngannou were not able to come to terms on a new deal. So sometimes it's disingenuous when I see some reports out there that say he was released from his UFC contract. He was not released. He fought on every fight that was left on his contract. Now, we are all going to be a little bit disappointed that we don't get to see the Francis and Inga the Francis and Ganu and John Jones fight happen. Now we know that we're getting John Jones and Cyril Gan at UFC 285. Francis and Ganu he did a great interview following the news of him leaving, de him departing from the UFC with Ariel Hawani. You can check that out. You know where to find him. The MMA Hour. Uh, Ariel Hawani doesn't need me to promote his show, one of the biggest names in all of MMA. Go check that out if you haven't heard Francis. And he's also put out a video on his own YouTube page. If you want to hear it straight from Francis Ngannou's mouth about why he left the UFC, some very riveting stuff. I mean, a guy who's thinking about the bigger picture. Some of the things that Dana White said, hey, he offered him more money. He offered to make him the highest paid heavyweight in UFC history. And that's good news. You hear that at face value and you say, oh, that's good. They, why wouldn't Francis take that? Highest paid heavyweight was Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar hasn't fought in the UFC since 2016. So that just shows you, I'm not saying that the UFC is perfect, but the pay could always be better. And I don't know if this is going to start some departure, a mass exodus of fighters saying, hey, we'll leave the UFC too. But the things that he did mention, things like healthcare, those things need to be addressed in the UFC. Fighter pay, I mean sponsorships, all things that Francis Ngannou mentioned that, yes, they should be addressed in the UFC. And if he thinks that he can go out there and make an even bigger name for himself inside the boxing ring. All the power to him because it is not <laughs> going to be easy for Francis Ngannou. I know that he is one of the most dangerous punchers we have ever seen inside of the octagon. But it's a little bit different in that boxing ring. Uh, just a little bit different inside the boxing ring. But Francis Ngannou, it's not just boxing. Hey, it could be one championship. It could be the PFL. He could team up with Jake Paul as Jake Paul has his new wing in the PFL. Who knows what could be next? Maybe Bellator. I don't know. But if I own an MMA promotion in the fictional world where I have the checkbook and I can just write a check, I'm asking Francis, what's his number? What's his number? Because I would have to throw the book at him just to see if you can get the hottest free agent in all of combat sports to your promotion, and that's Francis Ngannou right now. I mean, I want to see him back inside of an octagon. I'm excited to see what he could do inside of a boxing ring. But with boxing, I know that sometimes with, with the UFC, fans are a little disappointed that you don't see matchups that you want immediately, or why are they making this fight? This guy's a more worthy challenger to this champion. But it's 10 times worse in boxing. And I don't see... Let's say an Anthony Joshua. What would, why would he want to risk his reputation fighting Francis Ngannou? It would have to be big money. 
And I know that Francis Ngannou is a draw, but I don't know it, if he's that big of a draw. Yes, live out your dream, but is Anthony Joshua, is Tyson Fury? Tyson Fury's got a unification fight that he should be worried about. I don't think that he can take time away from that to say, hey, 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 I'm going to put Usyk on the back burner and I'm going to have a fight with Francis Ngannou. Well, he could, and it's and it's all whatever he wants to do. Francis Ngannou is probably the baddest man on the planet right now. But I just don't know how realistic it'll be for a fight like that to happen in 2023. I know that the year has just started. We got a full calendar year, and Francis Ngannou has, hey, he's got he's got nothing but time. Time is on his side. UFC, they didn't want to talk about sponsorships, not health insurance for other fighters. I mean, so, and he decided to leave. I was going to say take his ball and go home, but no, that's not what he did because he did fulfill the duties of his contract. So shout out to Francis Ngannou where, hey, hats off to him. I wish him nothing but the best. And like I said, check out that interview he had with Ariel Hawani on the MMA Hour because it was really good stuff. And when we come back, we're going to kick off the show with our first banger of an interview with Terrence McKinney, T-Rex155 on Twitter. If you want to give that guy a follow, this is something, this is an interview that I've been waiting for for a long time. Don't go anywhere. Going to be right back after a break. Terrence McKinney is kicking off an action-packed show here today on The Fight Game on 1230 The Game. Welcome back to The Fight Game with Iman Cotton. And I'm pleased to introduce my next guest here on The Fight Game, T-Rex, Terrence McKinney, man. Yo, you know when you're fighting, it's going to be a short one. All the first round finishes that you're known for. So how excited for you for this fight down in Brazil, UFC 283 taking place this Saturday? Um, This is something you can only dream of. Like, I'm fighting pretty much the capital of MMA, and I get there out there and do what I love, man. This is a huge honor. All right, so something that I know that we have a shared interest in, professional wrestling, man. So what's the walkout going to be like? Are, are you going to be the heel out there? So how do you expect that reaction to be once you come out and you have that entrance to the cage? Um, I want people to feel God when I walk in. I want them to know that he's walking out there with me to battle. And I think the performance I'm going to put on is going to win Brazil over. And it's going to be... It's gonna be hyphy, man. It's about to go crazy. Yeah, man. You said that you win people, win the win the people of Brazil over. You are one of those people that you put on entertaining fight. Do you think that that helps you like gain that fan base when people know, hey, man, you see McKinney out there. You know it's gonna be a short one. I don't care if he loses or he wins. That that's gonna help that fan base because they know that you put on a show every time you're out there in that octagon. Yeah, I'm trying to put on a highlight out there every time. I think it helps a lot because. People want to see excitement. They want to see finishes, and they know I'm going to bring that to the table every time. All right, so with your opponent this upcoming fight, man, what are some things that you're working on, or is it just being the best Terrence McKinney, or is there some challenges that you've been working on specifically in this camp? I just worked on making sure I can go three rounds and no one can touch me, and that's shout-out to DL Training Systems. Uh, my guy's a beast, and we're next-level cardio right now. I think we could take on anyone in the world and we will have to build 2024. Hold on, man. You said you can take on anyone in the world. I'm not saying looking past this fight, but what do you see next? I mean, how many fights do you even want to have in 2023 now that you got one in January and the rest of the year? Hopefully, if you can 
make get this done and get this win. What do you see next for the year in 2023 for you? I'm looking to at least get three more fights after this one. Um, 100% finish rate, and that's just the way it has to be. So people can tell that this was all God's doing. It can't look natural, and people's gonna see that He walked with me, and they're gonna they're gonna be able to take something from this and get closer to Him. And yeah, I see myself being top ten in the UFC and getting ready to make a statement and then fight for the title. Again, we're talking to Terrence McKinney here on the fight game on 1230 The Game, and you can follow him at T-Rex155 on Twitter. And I want to talk to you about your Twitter, man, because you're one of the more engaging fighters on social media. What, what do you think your relationship is with your fan base, and how do you use Twitter to connect with people? Um, I talk to everyone because I just want to remain with humility and to let people know that we're all the same. And in my heart, we're all related. And with God, we're all his children. And I just want to let them know I'm a brother. Or I have sisters out there that need to reach out. I'm there for them. Oh, man, that's good stuff, man, because I know that sometimes when people, they're, your fans, they're people, they look up to you, you're a fighter, hey, that guy's in the UFC, but you're really one of those good guys that's just, hey, you're always on Twitter, always replying to people, and it's so good to see. When it comes to this card, how excited for you to be on this card with Jamal Hill being in that main event? Because I know that you guys are almost like one and two when it comes to being on cards together. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, and, and we almost got the same odds, so expect us both to go out here and get a KO, and just like I said, there's going to be some new King of Rio out here. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Again, we're talking to Terrence McKinney here on The Fight Game. Something else that I want to ask you about, as I know that you've been busy all week, you're running around, and you still got a fight to prepare for, but what are you doing in the downtown, man? How are you staying sane out there? Um, just being with my brothers, um, watch, walking on the beach, um, and just really enjoying the, the blessings that I'm getting to reap. Hey man, ain't nothing wrong with that, man. So I don't, I don't know if you got a, I don't know if you're a big party or anything, but do you have any plans for a celebration if you get this win on Saturday? Um, when we get this win, Lord willing, um, mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Catch me outside. <laughs> All right, man. Well, if you come back, if you come to Vegas, man, let me know, man. Love to chop it uh, up with you. Hey, add me on Instagram. Shoot me a message, brother. I'm going to stay in touch. All right, man, for sure. Man, look at that. Just made a friend. Me and, me and T-Rex out here chopping it up. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't going to take up too much of your time, man. It was a good thing. You know what? No, I do want to ask you something real quick, though. Because I, nah, I was serious. thinking about this at the last time I seen you in the Apex, but it's not the setting because you're sitting up there and everybody's got their questions for you. Favorite wrestler of all time? Um, I'm going to have to go with Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was my guy. And then I would say Prime Rock. Yo, man, look at that. Yeah, we're yeah, we going to be friends for real, man, because those are two good answers. I'm right there with you, man. Terrence McKinney, thank you for joining me here on the fight game, man. Hey, no problem, man. You take it easy and stay blessed. And that was Terrence McKinney, but we're moving rapid fire here on The Fight Game. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into my interview with Gilbert Burns. And I'm pleased to introduce my next guest here on The Fight Game, Gilbert Burns. And he's going to be taking on Neil Magny at UFC 283. I've got to ask you, going into this fight, how excited are you for this fight? Because we all know it's going to be taking place in Brazil, your home country. I'm super excited, you know. Uh, 
it's been a long time. I, I had less, I fought in less than here in Brazil, but was was just on the beginning of the pandemic, so it was the first event with no crowd, and uh, I missed it. No, they missed it because it was a great performance that I had. But now I'm back here, first event back after the COVID. So yeah, I'm super, super, super excited. The whole family is gonna be here. A lot of friends, a lot of a lot of people here. I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I've been getting a lot of support, and I'm super excited for this fight. Super happy with this opportunity. So, for the people who have never experienced a fight card in Brazil or have seen it live, what do you think is going to be that difference from a Brazilian crowd as opposed to uh, an event that takes place over here in the states? Yeah, no, the crowd here is crazy. I think the difference is the state. We we have so many sports, you know, so. We have the MLB, NFL, NBA, and those all huge leagues. In Brazil, it's number one soccer. And everything is like, it's so, it, the difference is so big, and the MMA is getting so big. Everyone knows about fighting here. Like, we have a lot of, so everybody's fighter here. So it's going to be insane. People have no idea. It's going to be as loud as those those cards that we have in London, I think that's where it gets close in Brazil. And London crowd are the loudest one. They're so crazy. They're so fanatic with, with the sport. So I'm looking forward to it. Again, we're talking to Gilbert Burns here on the fight game. He's going to be taking on Neil Magny at UFC 283 this Saturday. So with this fight with Magny, what are some challenges or what have you been working on scouting your opponent for this fight? No, it's very long. Right, he's six two or three tall. Uh, I think he got a like, good stand-up. You know, he's going to try to keep the distance with, with, with straight punches. Maybe try a couple knees. I think if I rush to get inside, he's going to try to to clinch a little bit. Very good. Very A lot of experience. 27 fights in the UFC. I think he's a high-level fighter. And I've been using two guys. The two high-level guys that be helping me so much, Jason Jackson, he's number two in the Bellator Outweight Division, and the Lano Taylor. He, I just brought the Lano all the way from Florida here to help me on my training. He he was the finalist from the PSL uh, 2022 season in the Outweight Division, and he just looks he's just same upper body of New Magni, kind of same style. Yeah, so I've been getting well prepared for this fight. And I've got to ask you about some of the comments that you made in the past few days concerning the welterweight division. Where do you see yourself if you were to win this fight on Saturday? Where do you see that being for you after in this stacked welterweight division? Uh, I think you said good. That's the welterweight division. They make your weight. You know, those guys, they got one position. They don't want to fight. Uh, I think it gotta be. I gotta finish New Mag. You know, I, I need to get a finish, mm-hmm. and then we'll see who's next. But my mission is, is to become a champion, to get another title shot, and uh, I hope a win over New Mag put me in a good position. To you know, I'm, I'm my last fight was against Hamza. It was a great fight, but I need to get another win. You know, so I'm looking forward to get that win. And I think one, I think this win maybe. Two more, one more, man. Depends on your point. I'll, I'll, I'll get another title shot, but we got to get the division moving, you know? Yeah, and you're talking about getting the division moving. I'm not saying that people are ducking you, but do you think that some fighters in that welterweight division are a little hesitant to take a fight with you? 
Oh, yeah, you can say that definitely. <laughs> Majidal did that. Bilal Muhammad did that. And, um, and yeah, they're ducking. But the way I see they're ducking for a reason, they know I bring a lot of danger to this guy's game. I can knock this guy out. I, I can use my, my grappling and submit these guys. They, they're trying to be smart, you know. I just hope the UFC doesn't give any rewards for this guy that's ducking me, you know. Like they just did with Bilal Muhammad. You know, they bump him. He beat, uh, what's his name, Sean Brady. That mm-hmm. was number nine, and then he was number five. That was number four. He beat Sean Brady, and he passed me on the ring. And then he is number four. I'm number five. He offered him to fight me, and then he said no. So he got a reward to don't fight me. He, he passed me the ranks, you know. And it's not it's not about Bilal. It's the system. It's the rank, you know, that I don't like it. But it is what it is. The the goal now is to be the shit by the division. And uh, and get the belt, you know. Whoever say yes, I'm gonna be fighting. We'll see. First one is Neil Magny. I gotta finish Neil Magny. We'll see what's next. But I don't even I don't even thinking about these guys right now. I'm just thinking about Neil Magny. How they're not how we're gonna do it. Yeah, okay, so you're talking about Neil Magny and how you're going to do it. How do you envision this fight going for you? I know you can't map it out blow for blow, but how do you see the path to victory for you, Gilbert Burns? I think I'm going to try to knock him out. That's going to be the strategy in the beginning for sure. Slowly get the distance, a lot of movement, a lot of pain, and trying to have to throw heavy hands. If I don't pull him out with the hands, I'll take him down and also me. Simple as that, that. That's two plans. I'll try to knock him out. If it doesn't work, I'll take him down. It should be missing. That That's the goal. All right, Gilbert, only got a couple more questions for you, man. Thank you for all the time. But before I let you go, I know it's a big fight week out there in Brazil. What are you doing in your downtime? What are you doing in between time, all the training and making sure you're eating right? How are you just having a little fun during fight week? For sure, I'm having a little fun. I have a lot of friends coming to visit me, giving me good energy. You know, friends that I I haven't seen in a while, but good friends. So I went on the beach a little bit. Family's here. Great time with the family. Resting a lot, cutting weight, but at the same at the same time enjoying my family, friends. You know, a good food and and still putting in work every single day. I know you said good food. What have you been eating? Give me one of your what's your one of your favorite meals now that you're back home in Brazil. Acai, the acai here, we are the best acai you can have. And I'm not, uh, the diet is still a little bit straight. I'm very good with the weight, to be honest. But I don't want to mess that up. I want to keep it good. But I'm looking forward to it on some churrascaria here, some barbecue, Brazilian barbecue, or steakhouse. I'm looking forward to that on Sunday. But, yeah, acai, uh, barbecue, we got, well, Brazil got a great food. And you you don't feel blow up, you know. You can eat very good here, very healthy, fresh. So I'm looking forward to the next week to be here enjoying the food with the family. All right, man. Thank you for your time. Good luck on Saturday and enjoy that barbecue on Sunday. Thanks for joining me here on The Fight Game. Thank you, my brother. Have a good one. And don't go anywhere because you're not going to want to miss who's coming up next. UFC legend Glover Teixeira joins me on The Fight Game here on 1230 The Game. Welcome back to The Fight Game. 
And I'm pleased to introduce my next guest here on the fight game, the legend. And he's going to be taking on Jamal Hill at UFC 283 for the UFC Light Heavyweight Championship. Glover Teixeira joining me today. How's it been? How is this camp? I mean, the journey from thinking that you're going to take on Yuri late last year to now being on the first pay-per-view card in your home country of Brazil. How's this journey been? Hey, man, this journey has been great. It feels like I've been doing camp for a whole year, you know what I mean? <laughs> I started this camp last year. <laughs> no, yeah. but, like, uh, it's been great, man. It's been great. I, um, I, um, you know, I was training very good for Julie. When the fight got canceled, take a couple, couple of days off. But I stay focused, keep my weight down because anything can happen. I'm always thought of that. And, um. Here we are, fighting in Brazil, Jamal Hill. This is an amazing opportunity. Yeah, you mentioned that it feels like you've been in camp for a whole year now. So what what were the differences in camp? Did it did anything change once you found out, hey, you're not fighting Yuri anymore, but you're going to be taking on Jamal Hill? Have you been preparing any differently? Yes, of course. we got to adjust the game of the beat. Yuri is a different style than Jamal. You know, and uh, we definitely uh, adjust some of the the game. But, you know, it's just an adjustment how to approach, how to get the, to close the distance. But um, the style is the same, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody knows my style. Everybody knows what I'm going to do is to get in there, box, and uh, trying to take this guy down and ground and pound him and go for the finish. Again, we're talking to Glover Teixeira here on The Fight Game. I'm so excited to talk to you. But what has it been like with the reception of knowing that you're going to be main eventing this card down there in Brazil? Uh, uh, repeat that question, please. Um, What's it been like for you personally knowing that you're going to be the main event of a pay-per-view card down in Brazil? Oh, oh man. It's, uh, I am so happy, for the, for like I say, to be here. And fight for the belt, you know. Last time I fought for the main event in Brazil was when I fought Ryan Bader mm-hmm. and Minas Gerais. That was an incredible night, unforgettable night. And um, here I am fighting Rio de Janeiro, the city I lived for three and a half years, and uh, fighting for the belt and be able to win that belt. And here it's going to be uh, something very special for me, man. Yeah, if you were to win this fight on Saturday, what do you do you think about your legacy when it comes to you being an all-time great? Does that think does that get into your mind a little bit when you think about your legacy in the UFC? <clears throat> yes, you know, we always fight and we want to uh do better and better and and uh, be the world champion. Being here and winning the belt here is going to be a special night like it's because it's going to be my whole family over here. A lot of my friends that I train with for a long time, people that inspire uh, on, my, on myself. So this is a uh, this is a special man. I uh, like I say, I I'm grateful to be here and uh, to be part of this, you know. But the legacy itself is like, uh, yeah, it's like I've been doing this, you know. I've been doing this mm-hmm. for a long time, and uh, yeah, I wanted to be be there with one of the greatest when they talk about one of the greatest fighters in Brazil I wanted them to say my name too you know yeah I understand that completely and you're on your way to becoming 
one of the greatest ever, especially if you can get this win on Saturday and become a two-time light heavyweight champion in the UFC division. I've got to ask you, what keeps you going? I mean, you still got so much left in the tank. What, where do you find this drive to continue wanting to fight? Man, you know, well, first of all, the passion for the sport, the love to what I do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and then wake up every morning and, and like, uh, just just affect the health, man. The God, God give us this health, this uh, ability to go out there and do the work, you know. It's like chorus to do the work. And I love to do it, love to do what you do. And go after, go make a history for yourself. You know that's how I, I think, and uh, that's what motivates me. Now I'm not. I don't want to be sitting around and watch TV or play around. You know I wanted to train hard, work very hard because I want to make a history. I want to be part of this sport big time. You know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean. And Glover Teixeira, I only got a couple of more questions for you. Thank you for joining me here on The Fight Game. But before I let you go, I got to ask everybody this. I know that you're running around. It's a crazy week for you. But what are you doing in the downtime? Like, what do you do in the meantime, in between time, to just have some fun leading up to a fight? Uh, you know, man, I uh, I have some downtime when I got here Friday, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We went to the beach. We hang out there for a little bit. But this week has been a little rough, you know. We do a lot of media, a lot of places I've been visiting. I visited the the, the projects over there with uh, Pedro Hizo. And, uh, yeah, I uh, it's, it's been very busy, you know. Also cutting the weight. Tonight uh, I cut a little bit. Tomorrow we finish the rest. But uh, right now my downtime is just sitting home. I mean, sitting in the hotel room and uh, read, read some books. What you reading? Uh, I read like a, like a spiritual book, you know, like called Bhagavad Gita. Okay, I'm going to have to check that out. I mean, uh, yeah, because I understand that your faith is very important to you and spirituality is also important. Glover Teixeira, thank you so much for joining me here on the fight game today, man. Best of luck to you on Saturday, and thank you again for coming on the show. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Hey, thank you, man. Of course, I'll Again, thank you to Glover Teixeira for joining us here on The Fight Game. That's one half of the main event. Now let's talk to the other half. Talk to Glover. Now let's talk to Jamal Hill as we have him joining us here on The Fight Game. I'm pleased to introduce my next guest here on The Fight Game. He's going to be fighting Glover Teixeira for the UFC Light Heavyweight Championship at UFC 283 this weekend, Jamal Hill. Now, Jamal, I remember after 282 when Dana White comes into the press conference and he tells us in the media, hey, man, the main event at 283, it's going to be Jamal versus Glover. And I was excited when I heard Dana say it, but how did you react when you got the news? I was ecstatic, bro. I was hyped. I was... um... I was just a lot of things went through my mind, you know, it's just this is what you work your whole career for is to get to a title shot at the highest level. And now that I've made it, it's just like, you know, it was just a wave of emotions. Yeah. And you mentioned that wave of emotions, man. And I know I'm not I don't want to take you back to that moment now because I know you got to prepare for the fight. But that journey to get here to this title fight, did it come sooner than you expect or, or is this the right time for you in your career for this title fight? 
Um, I'm locked in and I'm ready. I've been, I'm ready to be champion. Um, did I expect it to come as soon as it did as far as date? No, but I expected it this year because I expected to keep doing what I was doing and I knew what I was doing uh, dominantly and inside the cage was leading me to this moment. Yeah, so I know you've been training hard for this fight, but what have you been preparing for specifically for Glover? Anything, like something that you expect from him, like sharpening up your game, just what have you been working on in this camp? Uh, it's no it's no secret what Glover wants to do. He wants to get in tight. He wants to uh, throw punches to back you up against the fence, try to pull you down to the ground and uh, get on top and implement his will from the uh, top position. So my job is to not allow him to do that. That's right. Again, we're talking to Jamal Hill here on the fight game on 1230. The game, man, got some of the best hands in that light heavyweight division. So I know that you can't. In the UFC. <laughs> Yo, my, my bad, my man, my bad. In the UFC. So, I mean, when you get the hands like that, I know that you can't map out the fight, you know, blow for blow. But what's going in your mind, like how you see this fight playing out for yourself? I see it playing out for me dominantly. I plan on going out, implementing my will. Uh, taking the fight how it comes, but also controlling the fight at the same time. All right, man, I heard that. And then I know it's down there in Brazil, man. I know you're basically going to be an enemy down there to the crowd. Are you expecting that? Are you going to, like, relish in the fact that, hey, man, you get, you're almost going to be, you know, like a Kobe in a sense where you're going to be, like, shushing the crowd when you get the win? Um, I've gotten a lot of love from the Brazilian okay. crowd, so... But, you know, obviously, it's their countrymen. I know who they're going for. But, you know, I, it just, we'll see. It is what it is, you know. I've played sports my entire life, so i played basketball in enemy territory. i played football in enemy territory. I'm used to it, you know. So it's like, bring it on. I'm ready. I'm ready to embrace it, have fun with it, and just enjoy it. I'm enjoying everything about this experience because it's an experience that a lot of people have never gotten and never will get. And you mentioned earlier, I've seen in a previous interview, you're talking about bringing the title back home to Grand Rapids, man. So what would that mean to you, your community, for you to come back as champion if you win this fight on Saturday? It means that even if you're from Grand Rapids, a place where maybe not a lot of people are looking for greatness and things like that, you can be great. You can accomplish anything. You can accomplish your highest goals. You know, then don't shoot. You don't have to. You don't have to settle. You don't have to shoot low. You can aim for reach for the stars, and the stars can be achieved. All right, man, so talking about reaching those goals, aiming high, I mean, who would you want to see next? I'm not saying look, you looking past Glover at all, but what do you think would be next? Who would be next on your plate if you got past Glover on Saturday? Um, I'm focused on getting past Glover first. You know, that's the utmost and mm -hmm. first, first priority is getting past Glover. After that, I'll let McMahon handle that. <laughs> All right, man, I heard that. I'm not trying to take up too much of your time, man. So just answer me this, man. What are you doing? I know you got to stay locked in for that fight, but, I mean, between the weight cutting and still training, what are you doing to, like, keep your mind, like, sane for this fight? Because I know it's a lot of hype, but how do you stay level in that week for the, before, before the fight? <laughs> I'm just me, bro. I, I'm just me, bro. <laughs> You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, you cool. I know what the, I know what the job is, you know, and it's just it's a fight, bro. It's, it's a mm -hmm. fight. Sound crazy to some people, but this is what I do every day. I train every day, twice a day. You know, um, it's what I've done my entire life. It's just another fight. That's all I have to do is treat this like just another fight, and it'll go the same way the other fights have gone. I mean, and I can't wait to watch it this Saturday. Jamal Hill going to be taking on Glover Chair for the UFC Light Heavyweight Championship. Man, thank you for your time today, Jamal. Thank you for having me. 
And when we come back, we're going to finish our coverage of UFC 283 with Anthony Smith as he breaks down the card for us here on The Fight Game on 1230 The Game. Welcome back to The Fight Game. I'm pleased to introduce my next guest, UFC light heavyweight contender, Anthony Smith, man. Right off the bat, I got to ask you about this main event that's going to be taking place at UFC 283, Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill for that light heavyweight championship. What do you think about this fight? Man, I'm really excited about this fight. Uh, I think the matchup is really compelling, and, and maybe it's not as high stakes as you know a super fight or, or some of these other sexier matchups with, with huge names, but... Um, both these guys are, are explosive finishers, and and Glover Teixeira is as tough as they come. He's an incredible grappler. He's gonna want. He's gonna have to wrestle on the fence, and he has to get a takedown. I think if he gets one, Jamal's gonna be. He's gonna have some problems. But on the flip side of that, um, if Glover can't stay safe and, and close the distance safely, he's gonna have a, an equally bad problem. So, I think that the first guy that makes a mistake wins or loses. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean there. But something I really want to ask you about is because these are two guys that are in the same division as you. You're still active in the division, but you also wear the analyst hat so well. So what's that fine line between, hey, you're you're calling it like you see it, but maybe how do you see yourself matching up between the winner of this fight here? Do you think about I that mean, at all? Yeah, I mean, of course, I think about it a little bit. As far as the Glover fight goes, I think we see exactly where that matchup was you know what i mean i uh, i'm not going to take anything from glover he he was the better better guy that night but for two and a half rounds i was uh, i was barbecuing that guy i was slicing and dicing him on our feet um and even once i was hurt and tired um i still was able to to neutralize him on the ground um if you go back to that fight man if that's a three-round fight i win so um i think i match up very well with glover um I don't know how much longer he's going to stick around. He, he is aging, and, and although he still looks good, uh, I'm sure that there's some things he wants to do with the rest of his life. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. And if it's Jamal, you know, I, uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Again, we're talking to Anthony Smith here on the fight game on 1230, the game. All right, so let's talk about some more on this card. Davison Figueroa versus Brandon Moreno. What do you think about that one, man? Because the flyweight division, it's always going to be exciting. The first ever, what are we calling this, the quad trilogy or something? I don't even know. <laughs> but what do you think about this matchup? Well, I love the matchup. Obviously, the first three fights were, were absolutely incredible. Um, they're 1-1-1. One, one, and, one, and uh, what close fights they actually all were, you know? I think that uh, the match, or I think the performance of Davison Figueredo really depends on how his weight cut is. To be honest with you, I think the times we've seen him maybe not have his best performance has have also correlated to the times we've seen him struggle on the scale. So, um, I, he looks great. I'm here in Brazil, so he looks fantastic. I hear that he's close already. Uh, he looks happy. Everyone I've seen him, he's got a smile on his face. So. Um, if that's all true and he, he make, he, you know, he gets rid of these last few pounds and he's on the scale, happy and first, um, I think it's going to be tough for Brandon, especially with a little bit of the dysfunction he's had in his training camp. I don't think that a whole lot of people are probably talking about that, but he had some camp switches. Um, I believe he's working with, uh, down in Fortis with safe and, and although safe's a fantastic coach, it's kind of a last minute switch. So, um, at the highest level, you really need consistency and comfortability, and, and I don't know how much of that he has. I do think that Figueredo's the better grappler. I think he's more explosive. I think he's got the, the heavier hands. Um, but Brandon does seem to find a way, so uh, it is a really compelling matchup. 
Yeah, let's speak about let's talk about that a little bit more with Brandon having to switch trainers and switch, you know, teams almost. So how how long does it take for a fighter if you're gonna be switching camps to get comfortable and familiar with a new coach? Uh, you know, it just depends. Depends on the. Uh, it depends on the the relationship with the new coach. It depends a lot of it depends on the relationship with the old coach and how that ended and mm-hmm. how safely and comfortably you can you can make that transition. Um, and it depends on the system. Uh, how much how how different is the the new system to the old one? Um, I don't know the answers to those questions for Brandon, but in my own experience, um, I have you know I I haven't switched gyms a lot of times, but. When I went to Factory X in 2017 and, and I fought Andrew Sanchez, um, you know, I, I struggled a little bit because you, you, you have your, your old stuff that's getting, you know, you're, you're adding new stuff to your old stuff. And sometimes those don't always blend beautifully. Um, uh, you know, so I don't know. I don't, it, it, maybe, maybe the stuff at 4 to 7 a and the way that they train is very similar to how Brandon has already been used mm-hmm. to. But if not, that could be a, a there's, there could be some growing pains there. Again, we're talking to Anthony Smith here on the fight game. Now, another fighter I want to ask you about is Gilbert Burns. I talked to him earlier today, and he, saw, he, was, he mentioned how people were ducking him in their welterweight division. Do you see that being a problem for him? Do you, you actually think that people are maybe shying away from taking on Gilbert Burns? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that, guy, that guy is an absolute monster. Um, and, and right now he, he's not in a fantastic position in the division. He's, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of stuck in purgatory because he is mm-hmm. very, very dangerous. Um, but he is coming off of a loss. So, uh, you know, that's, that's tough as well. So he's got to get back on the winning streak. He's got to get a finish. He's motivated. And, and now everyone, everyone knew about the monster, uh, that is Hamza Chemaev. He was the boogeyman. Everyone was afraid of him. He was walking through people. He went like four fights and took one significant strike um, and got all finishes. So then you see Gilbert Burns go in there. And if that fight is one more round or one of those rounds is about 10 seconds longer um, or you got some judges that that are looking at some different things, Gilbert Burns could win that fight. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I don't think that he took the shine off of Chimaev, I think what people realize is that Gilbert Burns is better than everybody thought. I agree with you 100% on that one there, man. I know I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know I got to let you go sooner rather than later, but can you just tell me some fights that you're excited about to see on this card that maybe people are overlooking? You know, I'm really excited about the the Johnny Walker-Paul Craig fight. I think Mm -hmm. that one's really interesting. Um, Excuse me. Paul Craig is... uh, He's an interesting individual, man. He, I mean, look at this. He's got, he's got a win over Magomed Ankalaev. He's got a win over Jamal Hill. Um, but then he, you know, then he takes some real silly losses, you know, to to you know, Volkan Ozdemir. So he, at times, he's a bit inconsistent. Um, he fights a bit one-dimensional. But if you if you could find a more one-dimensional fighter than Paul Craig, it's Johnny Walker. So. It's it's very interesting to me. It's it's just to see who's who's going to be able to implement their their game plan. Is Johnny Walker going to be able to stay off the mat? Is Paul Craig going to be able to stay safe on his feet long enough to get a takedown? Um, I'll tell you this: I I, I worked out uh, in the room with Paul Craig yesterday. He looks lean. He's big. He looks strong. He he's happy. He's surrounded by a bunch of people. Um, 
that that seemed very close to him. So uh, when I seen Johnny Walker, he he was walking on by himself. He looks a bit drawn out, like the weight cut's getting to him. Um, so uh, take that for what it's worth. Um, but I am interested in that fight. No, man, thank you for the insight on that. And last one I got for you, what's next for you? Well, I, I think maybe that's part of the reason I'm so interested in the Johnny Walker-Paul Craig fight. Okay. I, I know that, that Paul Craig... ...for this opportunity for a while. And, uh, you know, if he can get a win, I'm willing to give it to him. All right, man, I like the sound of that. Anthony Smith, thank you so much for joining me here on The Fight Game, man. Enjoy Brazil, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Again, just want to thank everyone involved in making today's show happen in the UFC, to getting the fighters to me on time, to all of the interviews going as smooth as possible. I know we had some connection issues, but hey, everybody's down in Brazil. We're back here in Vegas. Sometimes the cell phones, things just get a little bit lost across those wires. But again, thank you to everyone who came on the show today and made this happen. But before we finish, for a few good minutes, I want to talk about my experience inside the ring. As my guys Jesse Merrick and Brian Salmon from News 3 here in Vegas, they invited me out to go boxing with them, and I couldn't pass them up as I got to train with a former world champion, Wayne McCullough. And let me tell you, I did a little MMA back in the day, but being in the ring with a boxer, with a pro, with a guy who's training me, it was the longest three minutes of my life. Every time I was in there for a round, it was the longest three minutes of my life. I've tweeted out the video. You can find it on my Twitter. I'll even repost it on my Instagram. If you want to see me hit the mitts, I'm so glad that my sparring session with Brian Salmon, no one recorded that because you go in there and you're sparring and you say, Hey, I am going to give it my all. Oh, I'm going to show them something. Everybody's going to be surprised. People are going to look at me and say, Hey man, you sure this is only your first time in the ring? But no, after about a minute, I was gassed. The last 30 seconds, Brian Salmon could have sent me to he could have sent me to the upper room. That's how tired I was. Just take me now. Leave me here. Because, man, when you're in that ring, breathing, you forget to breathe. That was my biggest problem. Not the one-two, not forgetting to block, not my defense. It was just, Damon, breathe. To cover the sport, I think that you need to be involved in the sport. So that's it was a good eye-opener for me, a great experience. Definitely going to go train with Wayne some more, get inside the boxing ring, get my hands tight. Again, I just wanted to share that with you as well. Go find that video on Twitter. Look at me try my best to look like a professional fighter. So that's just about going to do it for us on today's show Again, I know I already said thank you, but I want to say some more thank yous. Again, thank you to Jamal Hill. Thank you to Glover Teixeira. Thank you to Gilbert Burns. Thank you to Terrence McKinney. Thank you to Anthony Smith. Thank you to the entire UFC. Special shout out to my guy Miguel. You know, hey, yo, me and Miguel, we're definitely going to talk when you get back to Brazil. When you get back from Brazil, we're going to talk. And again, thank you to Wayne McCullough for teaching me a little things. I still got to learn how to hear in Irish. I don't speak Irish yet, but once I learned that, that's the hardest part as well, learning how to hear and speak Irish, as they told me in the boxing ring this past week. So, again, remember, stay safe, 
and protect yourself at all times, everybody. This has been the fight game on 1230 The Game.